the best thing we can do is protect ourselves mm -hmm. and make sure that we have a solution to any potential problems. Hi, I'm Jason Scott. Welcome to iloveedmontonrealestate.com. Uh, With me today is Heather Toma from FCT Canada. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. So, Heather, tell me, what is FCT? What's it stand for and what is it that you do? FCT is, stands for First Canadian Title, and we are a bit of a diverse company, but I'll start with where we originated from. We are the pioneer of bringing title insurance to the Canadian marketplace. Our parent company is First American Title out of the U.S. and one of the largest title insurers in the world. That gives us the opportunity to have a lot of good education, good knowledge, and great experience combined with the unparalleled ability to pay our claims when they come to light. So what we do is we do title insurance, we do processing services for many of our lending partners in the community, and we also have a digital and innovation aspect of our company where we're investing in different real estate and real estate related activities to bring innovation and to follow our mission statement of making transactions simple and secure in the Canadian marketplace. Okay, so can you tell me what title insurance is? Because many, many homeowners have no idea. In fact, probably a lot of realtors and mortgage brokers aren't really sure about what title insurance covers. So just educate us a little bit about that. Sure, absolutely. Title insurance is a bit of a unique product or, or type of insurance in the marketplace. A lot of people presume it's a nice to have. And what title insurance is designed to do is really help fill that fundamental gap between your standard general insurance and maybe what you would see in a secondary side, such as things like a life insurance component or something like that. Now, we don't cover death and disability, but what some of the things that we do cover that wouldn't be covered by any other traditional form of insurance is things like fraud and forgery or items relating to the marketability of the title. That's really what title insurance is designed for to make sure that you have a marketable title and what that means is something that you could sell something that you can reborrow utilizing that home as an asset it's making sure that it's a viable long-term solution for you okay so maybe we should back up a little bit so every property in Alberta would have a title what that is is a legal document with a legal address that says this house or condo or whatever exists at this location and here's the legal address which is different from the municipal address mm -hmm. and all of that is registered with the land titles office which is a you know a provincial entity right correct so the idea of a title it's like a deed so what it is is it's your statement saying that you have ownership or investment or interest into this particular item right. when it relates to a property that's called the title of your home right and you can have a very marketable property so it looks really nice it's very attractive everything's where it's supposed to be but you can have a very unmarketable title because there's a lot of things registered on it saying that there's different people who might have interest that competes against what yours is okay. and that's what's important to consumers and homeowners because at the end of the day you never want somebody else to have an 
interest in your property that you're not aware of or you haven't approved. Right. Okay. So you had mentioned right off the start that fraud and forgery were issues that title insurance protected against. Can you give us a little more clarity around that? Absolutely. So let's maybe look at, at title insurance on the two sides that they exist. There's two types of title insurance. One is what we call a homeowner policy, and that is where the beneficiary is the homeowner. So if there's any problems that arise, they are the one to elicit a claim. They are the ones to receive any compensation as a result of that claim going through. Then there's a lender policy, and a lender policy is designed more to protect that lender from the interest that they're going to take in that property through whether that be a mortgage, it could be a line of credit, it's the investment that they're giving. And there's different types of protection based on that that type of loan or that type of interest. On the homeowner side, that's probably where the lack of knowledge exists. And what that means is a lot of homeowners are perceiving that they have protected interest when they have a lender policy that's been put in place. And that's simply not true. Right. Homeowners, what we see in the industry, the most claims we see are around fraud and forgery. So somebody potentially taking equity out of the property or somebody fraudulently selling and transferring the ownership of the property to somebody else. Right. Those are the big fraud things that we hear about in the news all day long. Right. And quite often the victims of that will be, you know, elderly people who have free and clear homes, right? That's one of the common ways that we have seen it. We've also seen things such as investor networks being targeted with tenants impersonating homeowners oh. or fraudulent tenants taking out leases and then stealing equity from properties. We've seen strangers, but most of the time you'd be surprised. Fraud's actually committed by somebody you know the majority of the time. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I thought the, in Alberta, the Land Titles Office would protect itself, like that entity protects homeowners from uh, fraud situations. A lot of people feel that our, our system in Alberta, which is we call it the Torin system here of the Alberta land titles documentation process. Mm -hmm. It feel a lot of people feel it's an infallible system and it's truly not. There's a lot of mistakes that happen, whether it's something as simple as a spelling error to something as large as title theft. It's not necessarily about people not knowing that this isn't that they can be protected. It's more about them not being aware of how to build a recourse at the end of the day. And that's what title insurance does because you simply cannot stop fraud in any capacity. Fraud will occur if a fraudster wants to because the bad guys are really good at being bad for a reason. They've made a business out of this. Right. At the end of the day, you want a solution to the problem. And the solution becomes title insurance because if you become victim of fraud or forgery or any other title related item, which we'll go into, there's the recourse with title insurance. It means that we not only have the responsibility to cover the potential loss that you incur, such as a mortgage registered and that equity taken and stolen, or we also have the aspect of duty to defend. And duty to defend is a really important coverage piece because when we're paying the legal costs associated to defending their positionary right mm -hmm. to that title. And that's a big deal for a lot of consumers. We have an example where we ended up paying for a client just about $13,000 in lawyer fees saying that they didn't do anything wrong. 
Can you imagine as a homeowner having to come up with money to say it wasn't you? Right. It's really not fair. And was that a case of fraud? No, it was a case of fraud. It was a, a homeowner who had his equity stolen by his renter in that particular case. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, there there are some lenders that on every mortgage that gets registered, they insist that there's title insurance for themselves. Correct. Why is it that not all lenders ask for it? What we're seeing is more so the lenders are, are all moving towards it. I okay. would say it's better to perceive it as a, it's a matter of when rather than if, because okay. more and more lenders are seeing the value. When a lender is getting a title insurance policy, that fee is generally passed directly through to the borrower and they pay it as part of their standard closing costs or their refinance costs. Mm -hmm. The benefit is for the homeowner, of course, they do get a little back end coverage from a fraud and forgery standpoint, because if somebody was to take that mortgage out fraudulently, of course, then that title insurance policy could potentially come into consideration. But at the end of the day, the homeowner is going to be the one left in the lurch if that happened to be an inaccurate mortgage. From the interest sake of the lender, the lender says, I need this policy to protect me because I'm about to lend you a substantial amount of money to be able to acquire this property or to refinance this property. Right. So from a lender's perspective, they're more interested in the marketability of the title, not the potential for fraud. And, and it's more actually the enforceability of the mortgage being registered for the lender. Okay. That's really what it comes down to. So are they in the right priority on the title. So if they say that they have to have first interest in the property, if it was ever come to a collection point, they don't want anybody else competing for that same positionary right. They want the documentation to be done accurately. Those are the types of things that lenders want from a risk mitigation to protect them. And that's what title insurance for lenders does. Right. On the homeowner side, what actually we see from the volume of our claims is the majority of our claims are actually related to lack of permits. And what that means is different items or different work being done on the property without the appropriate procedures taking place. I like to call it saving yourself from your prior owner's DIY <laughs> okay. because a lot of times those do-it-yourself activities aren't always done correctly. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the way they've done it isn't maybe the right electrical process. Maybe they did that right, but because they didn't get a permit and they didn't get it inspected, there's risk that the municipality will come back and say, that has to be removed or that has to be taken out and done the right way. And that comes all at a cost to the homeowner. Right, okay. Typically what'll happen is, let's say someone's buying a house and the lender says, okay, you're going to require title insurance. The lender instructs the buyer's lawyer to get the title insurance. Absolutely. But it's the title insurance for the lender. Correct. Now, how often do the lawyers actually go and get the homeowner policy as well? I would say that it, it would be unfair to say a flat number across the board. In Alberta, what I can say is about 35 to 40% of homeowners are getting a title insurance policy when they're closing their purchase. What that means is that's certainly a lower number than we would recommend. And from a risk mitigation perspective, Alberta is quickly becoming the second highest province in the country from a claims perspective. So if you think of only 35% of people are insured, but yet we have the second highest claims nationally in Alberta, that's a big deal. 
Mm. What that means is it means that we're not wearing that bulletproof vest that we presume we are out here. And what it means is homeowners do need to talk to their solicitors about this. There is a bit of a past misperception that title insurance is really only designed for a couple niche coverage items, such as what we call gap coverage. Gap coverage is the time that the money is released to the seller versus the time it actually gets onto land title system. Because there is a bit of a standard delay of about 10 days in there, that window. But there's other items that can come up, things like encroachments or things like defects that we do know about. Those are all items where a lot of individuals feel like standard conveyancing practices. So the process that the lawyers look at from reviewing the risks, as well as what the realtors put together in terms of identifying the risks, that conveyancing process, a lot of people feel is good enough or infallible. The documents that we have help us make the right decisions. But the worst part about that process is if anyone gets bad information or incorrect information, now we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And the new homeowner becomes the one that has to go through the process of trying to recoup and recover and potentially reestablish. And that's what title insurance is designed to give them that protection from. Because in order to go to their solicitor and claim insurance or to go to their realtor and claim insurance, there has to be an aspect of negligence proven. Yeah. And Proving misinformation really yeah. is not negligence. Yeah. It's, you know, you can't make a good opinion on bad data. Yeah. It's just not possible. So title insurance is there to help bridge that gap. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that it is there to help protect you from all those unknown things that you simply couldn't predict despite the best of your intentions. Mm -hmm. Which province has the highest claims? Ontario right now would be our highest claims. And yet it's another touring system. It is. and But what's funny about Ontario is that they are actually title insuring about 90 to almost 100% of properties, partly because of the speed with which their transactions go. We have a lot of uninspected properties out there during the time of closing because they there's a lot of even no condition closing no conditions for financing no conditions for inspection so they need this back-end coverage you might not even have time for a real property report or a survey Mm -hmm. and that eliminates some of the ability to identify some of those glaring risks and title insurance gives them that coverage a lot of individuals believe that an RPR is the way to determine any potential risk. And that's 100% true based on the outside structures. So just so people know, an RPR is like a little map that shows, you know, the boundaries of the property, how big your lot is, etc., and where the structures are sitting on the lot. Right? Exactly, exactly. It tells you is everything built where it is supposed to be. Right. And those are great information pieces to have because certainly if your garage is built in the wrong spot or gosh forbid your house is built in the wrong spot, that's definitely a risk that needs to be considered in your transaction. Mm-hmm. But the problem with an RPR is it literally only does tell you is everything built where it's supposed to be. It doesn't tell you what happened within those structures. And from a claim standpoint, that's where the majority of our claims generate. Something going on inside Something the walls. Something within. You know, for example, a basement's been renovated without any permit. 
permits or finished without any permits. We've had decks that were built without permits. And I always like to joke, who builds a deck without a permit? Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just something that you don't consciously realize that you necessarily have to do. It's not like when you become a homeowner, you get a special book from the municipality that says, welcome to our community. Here's the rules. It doesn't work like that. That's information you have to seek. And if you, if you don't know, or you watched home and garden television on the weekend and thought, they did that. I can do that. They don't always talk about the execution right. and the how-tos. Right. Okay. So let's say uh, I have bought a house and the previous owner did do the basements. Maybe they put in a suite or at least they finished it and didn't pull any permits. So let's say it's a suite and I've got tenants in there and somehow the municipality gets involved and they say, oh, look, there's no permits. What happens next? So what happens then is the community or the municipality will put through a a work order saying that this property needs to be remediated. It could be potentially that they want the entire thing ripped out and redone. Mm -hmm. It could be that you need to apply for after permits. It could be that they want you to fix some aspect of it and that has a bigger implication we've really seen it come in various forms uh, but what it really means is at the end of the day the new homeowner is on the hook to fix the old homeowner's, homeowner's problem and that's going to come at a cost to them what they would do in that case is they would implement a claim to us if they had a title insurance policy we have a no-fault claims process meaning we simply get engaged we will often retain an engineer to come out and look at the property we will determine what work needs to be done and then we will execute that accordingly sometimes the homeowners can stay in the property while that work needs to be done other times we've seen homeowners have to move out because the property is structurally unsound and then we pay the cost as well for them to have a second home to live in while we're fixing up the one that they belong interesting okay now it's got to be defects that weren't known right that's not necessarily true and that's actually a really great point to bring up because a lot of people perceive that it's only the unknown defects that a title insurance company will cover at fct we take a bit of a different approach rather than saying no we like to try at our very best to say yes So if there is a known defect, what we will actually do is at the time we're underwriting the file, which is the time of application, we will look at the defect and we will say, you know, what's the statistical likelihood that this is going to be a problem? Is this something that we can put into the policy? And many times we've actually said, you know what, we feel like that risk is something that we can take on for you. And we're going to include that, even though we know that it could come up at any time. For example, a 30-year-old fence that's encroaching on municipal land. If it hasn't had to move for 30 years, the likelihood the fence falls down before it has to be moved is probably pretty good. Right. And so that would be one that we would definitely look at. But that being said, if we knew an entire house was built without permits, we might not want to take that approach on. That's a pretty high risk for us. And so you know, we actually had that exact situation down in Southern Alberta and the highest claim ever paid at FCT was $423,000 for a whole house built without permits. You guys rebuilt rebuilt the house? Rebuilt an entire house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And can you imagine being that poor new homeowner with their 5% down finding out that they need a whole new house to be built. So how did it even get to that stage where the transaction happened without knowing that there were permits? Because I got involved where my clients were buying a condo, they were downsizing, and it turned out that uh, the home that they had built 30 years ago didn't have permits, but the lawyers involved caught that. 
Mm. So it all comes down to the conveyancing process and what information is available. And certain communities and municipalities are really good about giving that information, but because of privacy law, there's some municipalities that interpret it that that information is confidential. So it really comes down to what's available at the time all of the decision making comes through. But also why a title insurance policy is so important for homeowners. When you're making such a large investment, Looking at the overall cost to return is significant when it comes to title insurance. And maybe that's the best part to dive into because everybody always says, what does it cost? Yeah. So what does it what cost? What does it cost? <laughs> well, I like to say it's not expensive, but there is an expense. So generally how it works is, as we mentioned earlier, most lenders are mandating a policy. How we bill at FCT is we say the first policy is X amount and the second policy you can get at a reduced cost. So what that often means for homeowners is the first policy costs them around 100 to $200 and that's their lender policy. Okay. They can then take advantage of getting their own policy to cover them for a one-time fee of 50 to $100 on average and that protects them for the lifetime that they own that property okay. so unlike normal insurance there's no ongoing premiums there are no deductibles there is no sort of ongoing activity that they need to do to keep the validity of the insurance as long as they own that property and they have bought that title insurance one time it protects them for the rest of their duration right so two hundred dollars versus four hundred and twenty three thousand dollars is a no-brainer obviously absolutely and and a lot of people perceive the title insurance claims might be $500, maybe $1,000. Most of our claims are an on average figure of five digits and we average about 45,000. 45,000. 45,000 is our claim average. Okay, so let's say a claim goes in. If I'm the homeowner, do I have to pay a deductible? Absolutely not. The only thing that we have a deductible on is a special coverage we have here in Alberta for encroachments. So things built on the wrong side of the property line or right. things built incorrectly. And that happens a lot. So and it does happen. And it's usually fences and garages, right? Those are my two favorite culprits. The occasional retaining wall likes to sneak in there once in a while too. Mm -hmm. But mostly it's your decks, your fences, um, your garages, and, and as I said, the retaining walls. We have had situations with air conditioners as well being in the wrong spot or too close to the neighbor's land mm -hmm. and the labor has the right to say that's got to go right on new construction we also have seen a recent spike in title insurance activity in that space as well mostly in Alberta because we have some seasonality to when we can build items or when we can finish items there's a special endorsement that we have at FCT that actually protects homeowners for those past installation activities. Normally, title insurance is designed to protect homeowners from things that occurred before they took that property over. Right. But there are certain little things when a new build comes up that you simply might not be able to, to do anything about. A driveway being poured, for example, an air conditioner being installed in the wrong place, maybe a deck that needs to be built or some landscaping work. Okay. All of those are items that have to be done after the fact many times. Right, after you've already taken after possession. After you've taken possession. Right. So if something was done wrong at that time, technically it should be the new homeowner's responsibility. Right. But if your builder installs that air conditioner on the wrong side, too close and it's on the neighbor's land, then you're going to be pretty upset when your neighbor says that has to go. Because right. that's your air conditioning. <laughs> Goodness. Right. We might only need it a few months, but a few months we need it. We <laughs> yeah. really want it. Right. <laughs> Okay. So having 
FCT be able to come in and help make that adjustment and move that air conditioner for you because we've given you that title insurance policy and you've purchased that. It's a great way to make sure that homeowners have a solution to any potential problem. Right. So you had said that Alberta was seeing a, a, like a rapid increase in the number of claims. What's accounting for it? Is it because there's more people taking coverage and therefore more claims? Or is there something else going wrong? There's kind of a combined aspect of things coming up. One being that we have a very active real estate market in Alberta. We have had a very strong economy here for many, many years. And that's resulted into really great buying power for a lot of consumers. So as we see more houses changing over, there's definitely going to be sort of a natural inheritance on activities coming up. Right. We also see a lot more properties being renovated now rather than just the new building coming up all the time that will naturally prompt activities and I truly think one of the biggest reasons we see an increase in claims in the state in the world we live in today is the DIY projects and I will say myself I am notorious for it every weekend I have something new for my poor husband his honeydew list is extensive and it's always because I'll see something on TLC I'll see something on home and garden television I'll watch Joanna and Chip or Jillian Harris, and here I am thinking, I can do that too. <laughs> right. And suddenly he becomes the executor on how to actually do it. And fortunately, I know in my industry that I need to look into things, but your standard everyday consumer may not. Right. And that results in people inheriting problems that they just don't necessarily know about. or And sometimes inspectors don't even know to look for some of these things. Right. So uh, you had told me a good story about a certain garage maybe repeat the story we we actually have one here in we've had a couple major claims here in edmonton but we have one that we're working on right now where a homeowner had bought an older property it was built in the 70s and he went to plant a tree he's been living in his property for a few years and he went to plant a tree beside his garage and when he put the shovel in his shovel just kept going and he couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, lo and behold, there was a secret room underneath his garage, unbeknownst to him, not labeled or documented anywhere with the municipality, certainly did not show up in the RPR. And what that actually turned out to be was we think it might be an old root cellar or something like that, but there was a room in, underneath his garage. And what it resulted in was the garage being structurally unsound. So he couldn't even park his car in there because the his car could fall through yeah, at any given sure. second. Right. The room was caving in. It was full of black mold. It certainly wasn't done to today's standards, let alone potentially to back then. And uh, so what's resulted is a claim with FCT. We've become engaged. We've brought an engineer in. And now we're in the process of helping him build his brand new garage on our cost. Right. And a garage these days is anywhere from 25 to 40 grand. Probably, exactly. Right? Exactly. Your standard double car garage, simple without any additional heating or any aspect of that is it's about 35,000. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So big cost for him that he doesn't have to incur. What would happen if someone unknowingly bought a property that was a former grow up or, you know, drug lab? There are some coverages for those items that do come up because they are to be disclosed at the time of sale. Uh, there's inherent risks with grow ups and we do have a little bit of coverage for homeowners. It really depends on what it is because it's a title risk, right? So has the remediation been done and it wasn't done right? What kind of prompted the claim? But there are definitely areas where 
where we can include coverage for those grow up situations. And it's something that we are seeing more and more. Hopefully, as we change to the new environment in a year, we may see less of that black market side of things and more legitimacy. So we don't see this as frequently, but they are going to exist. And those houses are going to be turning over time and time again. Right. Yeah. Quite often when I receive a purchase contract from a client or their realtor, it'll say, uh, you know, buyer to accept uh, uh, title insurance in lieu of an RPR. Correct. Is that a good idea? Or? Absolutely. There's, there's a couple different situations that a homeowner experiences when it comes to an RPR. You can have no RPR, and that may be A, because they're trying to sell the property really quickly and they don't have time to get one because our surveyors in Alberta are really busy guys. Or they don't or want girls. to pay for it. Two, they're too cheap to pay for it because yeah. so, it does come at a cost and it's not necessarily low cost in the general scheme of things for most consumers, eight to $800 to $1,200 is what your average RPR costs. The second could be that you're going to have an old RPR, but it hasn't gone to the municipality for compliance or it can't go to the municipality because some don't do compliance anymore. Or the third is you'll have a brand new RPR. That in itself may or may not be accurate because keep in mind a human creates an rpr we do make mistakes it's just a natural thing that can occur so title insurance is designed to help give not only the protection for inaccuracies on an rpr but we also cover in the event that none is available if there is no rpr available a consumer should always mandate title insurance because the RPR, as we mentioned earlier, is to identify are there any, any glaring risks with the property. If you can't make that assessment, you certainly want to have a recourse built in that in the event something is wrong, you have somebody else making sure that they're providing the solution, not your pocketbook. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. If it's a bad RPR or an old RPR situation, then again, title insurance does give coverage for that. And about 7% of our claims are related to items that would have been identified on an RPR, but either couldn't be sought for compliance, so the municipality couldn't stamp the RPR and say, yes, that's correct, or when they did stamp it, they missed something, right. and it wasn't right. right. So we do have that claim, and we do have that coverage on both sides, whether it's wrong, the one you have is wrong, or whether you simply didn't know to begin with. Right. And that's, that's very important for consumers. The other thing that you will see when it's written into the purchase agreement, that actually means that the homeowner policy needs to be purchased. And that's an automatic mandate for the homeowner to get their policy. Right. Okay. So because if it's lender initiated title insurance, I would imagine lots of times the lawyer doesn't bother doing it for on the homebuyer side of things. So, you know, it, it's smart of a homeowner to actually ask every single time that their lawyer gets them absolutely if i could encourage any buyer or homeowner in general today in today's marketplace to do one activity that would be to talk to their real estate professional talk to their mortgage professional and talk to their solicitor about what is title insurance and how it can benefit them as the homeowner it's really something from a cost perspective that's very, very feasible for most individuals. It works out to an average homeowner, we say in today's statistics, owns their home for about five years. It really works out to about three cents a day. <laughs> so in that's terms affordable. Of what it costs them. I promise you will spend more on Starbucks in a week than you will on your title insurance policies right. long term. So let, let's say I bought my house five years ago and I 
have no idea if I had title insurance or I probably didn't get title insurance. What do I do? So here's your next steps. And that's a phenomenal question because we're seeing more and more consumers coming to us and asking. There's a couple ways to find out if you got title insurance at the time you purchased your house. Number one is look at your legal package. There'll be an actual certificate in that legal package if you had title insurance that your lawyer would have put in. If you can't find that, because we all know documents get legs and disappear, then what your next step would be is you can actually call the title insurers in Canada and ask us if we have a policy for you. We can look it up by your name, we can look it up by your property address, and we can let you know if that's available. If you do not have a title insurance policy, any existing homeowner can purchase that. It's not as cost effective as it is at the time that they're actually buying the home, but most consumers pay about $350 one time, and then they have that protection long-term. Right. So certainly from an advocacy standpoint, get it at the time you're purchasing because most people, what I'm seeing right now are paying about $50 one time for them to own their policy and it protects them. And what a lot of people don't know is it protects them from 33 different items that can be coming up. Everything from zoning and right away issues to the encroachment that we discussed in boundary walls to fraud and forgery, both past and future, as well as items around competing their priority on their registration or saying that they are the owner of that land. Right. So that could be old owners coming out of the woodwork that maybe should have been deceased, which we've seen. Really? We, Tell me about that. We have absolutely seen it. We had an individual, the house had actually changed over seven times between the current owner and when this individual had owned the land. He had been perceived and deemed uh, deceased. And lo and behold, 25 years later, he comes out of the woodwork saying he has interest in that property. Well, because the new homeowners had purchased title insurance, they were protected. So we actually covered their legal costs associated to saying, no, they are the rightful owner, except from a lineage standpoint, that other guy was technically the priority owner because right. it's first come right from a touring system who owns it first is the true owner right so what we ended up doing was we had to pay him an equalization oh really based on his value to, his value of the asset but if he was deemed to be dead his property would have been sold and that would have been given to his estate exactly the proceeds, and then presumably his heirs got that money so he's out any money <laughs> exactly and, and definitely not dead <laughs> Where did he go? <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know the specifics on where he was or what he was doing for the last 25 years, but it did come out. So we did end up paying it. And that falls back to our no fault claims process right. where we're not necessarily going to go hunting. If it's a case where obviously there's blatant negligence or, you know, somebody in a fraud or forgery case where we have the ability to go after them, definitely we're going to want to try to recoup those costs as best we can. Right. Um, anybody naturally would in something that scale when it's when it's illegal but the problem with fraud and forgery and some of those larger scale items are fraudsters are really good at fraud, being fraudsters and they can disappear very quickly a lot of times they're using synthetic ideas right. or a combination of various factors they're all real legitimate document pieces they're just not necessarily legitimate to that person right and that makes it very difficult to find a figment that doesn't exist. Right. And if you're getting, say, two or $300,000 out of a refinance, it is enough money to leave the country for a while. You can disappear very quickly with $200,000. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and 
a lot of people see that it only happens in that equity stealing your property. They don't realize that houses are sold fraudulently all the time. We had a story in a small lake community, believe it or not, in Saskatchewan, where an individual was a financial advisor his entire career. As he retired, he moved into the municipal government and he was actually the mayor of the community. And what happened was he got a phone call one day asking to confirm his legal land description to facilitate the transfer of his home. And he said, what are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not selling my home. Well, lo and behold, he was about to be victim of fraud and he was not title insured because he didn't know it existed in his community. And what happened was because thankfully privacy law is a little bit more liberal in small towns, being a small town girl, I know this. Yeah. And he, that, that phone call was made and that phone call saved his day. Wow. And now he is a huge advocate for title insurance and certainly has his own policy after the fact. He was about to have that house sold and he was never even involved in the transaction at all. That's crazy. If I So, I mean, if I own a condo, let's say it's an apartment condo, I'm not going to run into encroachment issues. So, you know, that's an argument against title insurance, but I could still have my title stolen. Oh, absolutely. And you know what I like to say about common money is common problems. So in a condominium, you have your reserve funds. You're all generally contributing to the greater good and the general maintenance and the well-being of the community that is your condo. But when you have common money, it has common problems. And what I mean by that is there are individuals who are contracting work out that needs to be done on that property. If that work gets done, without a permit, for example, then now that work has to be done again. And what that means is not only now have you potentially paid one special assessment for, for example, all the new balconies to be built on the building, but now because it was done with a lack of permits the first time, all that work has to be ripped out and somebody has to come in and put all new balconies up again to replace those new balconies and now you're paying a second special assessment. So would the corporation have title insurance or would the individual? The individual would have title insurance in a condominium and we actually had that exact situation that I just described happen here in the Edmonton market where the property had to have new balconies built, the work was done, it was done without permits, all of those balconies had to be ripped off and a second assessment was done to all of the owners to pay for the new balconies to be built. Right. So what that meant was instead of having a $7,000 balcony assessment come through, they now all had to pay fourteen. Except that for if those I had individuals title had title insurance, right. we paid that second assessment. Oh, nice. Huge for them. The other thing that we see in condominiums that come up a lot is around titles not necessarily being transferred accurately. Oh, like parking so stalls. So parking stalls are are the big ticket item in Alberta. We love having two titles with high-rise condominiums. Generally one for an underground parking spot and the second will be an outdoor separate title for a second lot. Now that second spot technically doesn't have to be transferred. If it's part of the purchase agreement, certainly it's supposed to be, but it may or may not have been included, but perceived it was included. Yeah. And because of that, we've seen a lot of claims come to us after the fact regarding loss of property value or having to go through the legal costs of transferring that second title over. Sometimes there has been situations where prior owners and current owners are suing each other over whether or not that title was supposed to be transferred. Storage spaces often will come as part of this situation mm -hmm. as well. And those are all things that title insurance can cover. 
The biggest one from a condominium standpoint that we've seen from a risk perspective is one relating to what I like to call bad documentation. So if a condo board has been looking at a potential problem, but for some reason it wasn't documented, it doesn't show up in the minutes, it doesn't show up in an AGM anywhere, it's not an estoppel documentation, what you're going to run into is a lack of knowledge right and this lack of knowledge can be pretty big and pretty important when it comes to the new homeowner moving in if there had been something identified but it was never disclosed and the new homeowner moves into the property and they're there for a matter of weeks and suddenly they get a fifty thousand dollar special assessment that's a big deal right that would be a great area where fct could come in and assist that new homeowner because that becomes an unknown defect Right. within the property and now we pay that special assessment for them right 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 okay even though there might not have been anything intentional done by the board they hadn't figured out the problem yet but it's just a timing issue yeah it could be a timing issue or it could be that they had said yes we're gonna have to do this but they didn't write it in the notes and because it wasn't documented they potentially knew about it but your general homeowner unit owner isn't necessarily going to be at that board meeting Right. So they don't have that information. And if they don't have the information from the board and it wasn't disclosed to the agent when the agent was doing their diligence, mm -hmm. how could anybody possibly predict it was going to happen? Right. Okay. What I've been seeing in the last couple of years is that lenders in refinance situations are allowing uh, homeowners to refinance, use FCT as part of the sort of legal process and avoid going to a lawyer and sometimes the lenders will cover the cost of that is that a growing trend and, and why do lenders want to do that it is it is and and that was part of what fct brought to the market as a, a secondary service to our business and what we've done is there are certain types of transactions that are absolutely imperative we have our solicitor partners involved we want them doing the diligence on those purchase transactions. But when it's your consumers looking to refinance their home, they're generally doing that to utilize that asset or turn it from a front door into what I like to call cash. Right. I always say you can't take your, safe, your front door to Safeway, but you could refinance it and have the cash to go to Safeway. That's the idea of a refinance. We want it to be able to come to market to be able to give them a lower cost alternative of executing that. So FCT acts as the back-end solicitor in the transaction. And what we do is we give coverage to the title from a title insurance perspective to the lender who's lending that money out to help mitigate their risk like we talked about earlier around is it a proper enforceable mortgage is it legal is it registered accurately so on and so forth okay. the second side of it is then we can prepare those same legals and manage that registration and all the diligence work that needs to be done with the various land title offices on behalf of the client and save them time and money the benefit being that then they can utilize more of that asset as true cash rather than having to pay out costs and take time out of their day unnecessarily to be able to sign some documentation. Right. We can do that. It's a bit more of a simplistic transaction and we wanted to be able to give that user ability to consumers to be able to use their assets. So that's another opportunity where FCT would say to the homeowner, hey, now is an excellent time for you to get your homeowner coverage we generally don't do homeowner coverage on the refis and the what we call transfers so when you move your mortgage from 
one lender mortgage to lender A to mortgage lender B, just maybe for rate or value, mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be. Um, we generally don't do the homeowner policy at that time because we won't want them to have to pay for a homeowner policy twice. And there oh, okay. are multiple insurers in this business, in this industry, in this marketplace. Okay. So there's three of us that are offering the solution. Their original solicitor may have purchased with one of our competitors. And while we recognize that's completely okay, we want them, of course, coming to FCT. But if it has been with someone else, we won't want them to pay with FCT too because they have that coverage potentially built in somewhere else. Right. So we just don't want to double dip people. Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Heather, is there anything that I haven't asked that you wanted to add about uh, the importance of title insurance? No, I think that we've done a really good job of covering it. But at the end of the day, the biggest take home for anybody is to talk to your real estate, your mortgage and your solicitor partners and find out what does this mean and how does it impact you in your home. As a consumer, the best thing we can do is protect ourselves mm -hmm. and make sure that we have a solution to any potential problems. And I truly believe not only because I work for FCT, but also as a prior mortgage lender in the market, as a longtime industry professional, that it's really, really important consumers are aware that this is available to them. Yeah, it's it's extremely inexpensive uh, coverage. Value to return is exponential.